And after stand up for this, after <laughs> a long sabbatical, it is the chicken pit. This one we're going to call uh, No Holds Barred. Chicken Pit No Holds Barred, the Hot Pocket Andy Waddell, the Keyboard Warrior Justin Edgel, and moi, Ricky Wittenberg, along with you after a sabbatical that we have taken from NASCAR. We continued to watch these races uh, begrudgingly. And There's a reason why we've taken this sabbatical. Yes. They told us on Sunday. It did. And we wanted to do a... Uh, just like a uh, a fireside chat about this bull crap that we saw yesterday. I I don't think I've been more fired up than I was over this crap that we saw yesterday in a long time. First of all, before we get into that, let's see, uh, Justin. It's been eighteen weeks or so since we've done a chicken pit. Have you have you been surviving? Yeah, I've been all right. I guess. A lot of liquor and beer and banging my head against the wall, uh, watching a... Mike Helton talk. And then I really wanted to climb the highest roof rooftop and take a jump. But anyway, uh, I'm ready for Freebird Mountain. Andy, what? How's it been going lately? <laughs> there you go, Terry. The bombs are falling. The bombs are falling from Freebird Mountain. Oh, wait a minute, wrong show. Wrong show. Uh, uh, screw <laughs> NASCAR. Okay. If if you're listening to this show, obviously you've watched the race. We're not going to recap yep. it. We're not going to go over the points. We're not going. There's going to be a pretty good things. chance there might be a triple F bomb here in this show too. What is is a fair warning? I don't even know where to begin. Okay, first of all, let's just start with uh, Wednesday. This past Wednesday, NASCAR, in their infinite wisdom, decided <laughs> that they would like to only do one green white checkered at Talladega. All right, first of all, you have you have changed the rules that you've been racing by the entire year for one race. Uh, actually, no, it's not going to be one race. Well, maybe it will because of what happened. Uh, the, the, it, they were going with the thing where we're only going to do one green-white checkered from now on at the plate tracks. After what they did yesterday, I don't know if they can do that. But th- th- that's beside the point. First of all, you change up the game during the chase, you have said all along you would not change the chase format because you wanted to keep the integrity of the chase and not let them run the low downforce package. Well, screw you. <laughs> yeah, screw you. You you have compl- you talk out of both sides of your mouth. I would like to punch Brian France right in his gullet and drag Mike Helton and shove him up Robin Pemberton's ass all at the same time. And I think I could do it as mad as I was yesterday. There you go. It's asinine. It is completely ludicrous that you changed the one green-white checkered. Here's the thing. Here is the thing. NASCAR is afraid of what happened at Daytona with Austin Dillon was going to happen at Talladega because guys was going to be pushing too hard. They are afraid of their own racetrack. NASCAR owns that racetrack. If they don't want that problem, then cut the damn banks down and don't race at Talladega or take Talladega off the schedule or better yet, move Talladega out of the chase to where it'll just be a ho-hum race where nobody will give a crap because it's not in the chase anyway. But this crap that they pulled off yesterday, I have been mad many times over what NASCAR's done. And I never, a lot of times I cannot justify what they do. Nor will I even begin to try to understand the stupidity that comes out of Daytona 
or Charlotte or wherever their home base is now. But what they did yesterday, what they pulled off, what they managed to do yesterday was the stupidest thing I believe I've ever witnessed in NASCAR. The the restart, no restart, the only the one green white checkered, and then the the Harvick deal. And Logano winning three in a row. I'm done with NASCAR this year. I can't take it anymore. I cannot stand the way this season has went. And I'm not one of these crybabies just because of the guy that I like, don't like is winning, that I'll take my ball and go home. The, the whole damn sanctioning body sucks. They have sucked the life out of this season, and they can all kiss my ass. Preach, my brother. I'll say that. That that here's the thing. The biggest. I okay. Everybody knows I'm a Harvick fan. Fine, whatever. But the bigger deal, like you said, was NASCAR. They effed it up so bad yesterday. First of all, they, like you said, they changed the rule on Wednesday, and then when they had a chance, when you know, when that on that second to last restart. They should that race should have been over. In my, in my opinion, they threw the green flag, and that should have been the end of the race. And Junior would have won, Harvick would, would have been in, whatever, and everybody would have been happy. And then then they fucked it up so bad that they had to go do another restart, and and then have a wreck happen again. The biggest issue here's what I'll say: Harvick was he wrong? Sure, uh, but would most people do what he did in his position? Yes, but it should have never come down to that. And then, and then for Mike Helton to say, "Oh well, you know, he, Harvick did nothing wrong and all that." He, he, it makes he, NASCAR is so stupid and ignorant. I can't even say they're ignorant, but they're they flubbed it up so bad. The bigger issue is NASCAR, not what Harvick did, NASCAR. Because the only reason why everybody's bitching about Harvick because because Junior was involved. It cost Junior. Who knows what happened in two laps? You know, Junior could Junior. Who know, he might he might have had a flat tire or whatever in two laps. That's five miles. So that's why everybody's talking about Harvick. Bigger issue, NASCAR. Period. The end. Andy Waddell. It is time for liftoff. How in the hell can you justify? All right. Daytona and Talladega. It takes you two laps to get up to full steam. So, like you said, in NASCAR's infinite wisdom, what are we going to do? Uh, let's just give them three laps to do it all in. Well, what the hell do you think people's going to do? They're going to be beating and banging before they ever get to the green flag. It's common sense. If they really wanted to make it better at Talladega or Daytona or whatever, make it a green, and then you run another one in green, and then you get the white checker flag. You know, four laps. That gives you time to get up to speed. Everybody ain't going crazy, you know, trying to jockey for position before you ever get there. It, it, this all goes back on NASCAR's lap. And you know, if Junior wins at Homestead or one of these other racetracks, 
the, the oh, they're good gonna Lord. be here. We yeah, that's exactly what they'll say. All these June bag fans. Yeah, it, it, there will be a great disturbance in the force. Luke Skywalker himself could not pull something out of his ass to save R two D two on this one. I, I, it's like they come up with what's the best plan for NASCAR. All right, yeah, that sounds good. Let's do the complete freaking opposite. You know, I, like I say, until they go back to the low down force, I'm done with them this year. All right, so I think I said in one of the last episodes that we actually uploaded, right before the chase, when they said that they weren't going to change these rules. That we were all sober, <clears throat> you mean? When we were all sober and the show actually yeah. hit the air. <laughs> I'm not speaking for anybody. I think it was stated, and we we can pull it up for historical purposes, that NASCAR would try to rely on the chase to get through this year, even if the races are going to suck, and promote the crap out of uh, low downforce next year. And what have they been doing for the last three weeks? Everything that you watch on NASCAR television is saying – Oh, the 2016 package. We're going to, we're testing tires here. We're doing this here. We're doing this for 2016. Well, you know what? You had a chance to make it right for 2015 when you seen what they did at Darlington and when you seen what they did at the other, at, uh, was it Texas? I forgot where they done it. Kentucky. 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 Yes, Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. You made Kentucky relevant. Not since Ashley freaking uh, yeah, Judd has that? Kentucky been relevant. <laughs> Oh, I don't know about that. That's just the fa- the, the basketball team. But yeah, whatever. Screw it, that. It, anyway, so anyway, basketball. NASCAR. It it boggles my mind. Kentucky. But let's talk about. Let's try to talk about the other. They one. make Kansas relevant for the love of God. I mean, come on. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Exactly right. All right. So. The bigger picture, or not the bigger picture, the biggest picture was what NASCAR did wrong. But let's also talk about another elephant in the room nobody wants to talk about. I don't know if it, if it was, he was, accident, if they had something wrong with his brakes and they didn't have his settings right or whatever. But every time Dell Jr. came down pit road yesterday for the green flag pit stops, he, he, he was the only guy or one of the only guys that was smoking tires coming into the pits and he was lighting his tires up sliding into the pits so in that last pit stop when everybody was going to come and take gas only and junior had made one of the best drives since his daddy did it at talladega in 2000 because he sliced and diced his way up through the pack on that other restart got all the way back up to the front and then he slid his tires coming into the pit so he had to change two tires he had to change two tires and it put him back again and let's also talk about the other elephant in the room that nobody would like to talk about. Junior had got back to Logano. He may have been able to pass him in the last few laps, but they had a caution. Had they not had the caution, NASCAR would have been really pissed off because Greg Biffle was about to win that race. And he was about to win that race 49 seconds ahead of Dale Earnhardt Jr. in that pack. How I thought that that was the dumbest they could have looked. I looked at my dad because we're watching the race together. I'm like, what's about to happen is that Dale Earnhardt Jr. is going to pass Logano, and everybody's going to go crazy, and they're going to be just they're going to tear the grandstands down when this race is over, and then they're going to realize that that guy 
that has been running around half throttle is actually almost a lap ahead of everybody else because he saved gas this entire time. And the Mighty Mouse actually won the race. The flight commander's number one pilot actually won the race. That was about to be what happened if they didn't have the caution where whoever McMurray blew up with five laps to go. Nobody wants to talk about that because this whole world is so short-sighted that we can only focus on the last six seconds of whatever happened because God knows we can't remember anything else. But if you want to take a strong, hard look at it, Junior had messed himself up for one because if he wouldn't have slid the tires, he would have still been at least in front of Logano. So none of this would have mattered on these restarts. And two, if they wouldn't have had the caution, Greg Biffle was going to win the race. That's simple. That's what was going to happen. Well, see, that's another thing that I think NASCAR loses that a lot of the dirt tracks have figured out, like especially Talladega and Daytona, places like that where you're running such a big track. The top 10 cars, if you have to do a green-white checkered, everybody else, get the hell off the track. The top 10 cars are all that's left on there. That way, if you know, you're having to run an extra 10, 15 laps, and you, you know, you're running short on gas and you have to pit, it doesn't penalize you that bad because you had the right strategy. You had the strategy that would win you the race if it was under normal circumstances. But, you know, no, we can't justify nothing like that because we're not going to change the rules unless, well, we do. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And I love NASCAR, but daggone, I hate the people that run it. Absolutely, and we have infuriated Justin so much that he has dropped off of this call. So let's try to reconnect with him real quick. Go and get try to get Justin back on the line. Okay, so I have actually reconnected with Justin Edgel now, and he has he he was jumping off that ledge. I had to talk him off of the ledge. This has been a ten minute gap in time, but thanks to the technology of uh, Adobe Audition. You didn't miss anything except Justin trying to commit suicide. So I've we've stopped that, and Justin, you are back with us. All right. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I really don't have much more to say anymore, I guess, but I almost feel bad for the June bag nation, I guess, for in some senses. Because only because... <laughs> Only because Joey, Joey Logano won. But other than that, you know, I don't know. Uh, okay, so we've talked about our disdain of NASCAR in general. We've talked about... Well, how- I mean, Mike, Mike Helton's the biggest idiot going. And he's Brian Francis' little tool boy going out there and saying what he wants to say. Yes. So. The other thing that we would like to talk about now, since this is the... The other elephant in the room, we've had a lot of elephants in this damn room. It must be an awfully large room. but the, It's the, a Republican conference. But the last the last elephant that I'd like to discuss in this uh, no-holds-barred chicken pit episode is the fact that um, Justin's favorite driver is Kevin Harvick. So Justin is skewed when it comes to Kevin Harvick, as we all are when it comes to our favorite drivers. And I don't blame Harvick for what he did. If it would have been Logano, as much as I detest that little prick, I, I still wouldn't have blamed him for doing the same thing that Harvick did. Now, 
Um, I don't know what changed between the first and second restart, though, Justin. This is – I don't have any disconnect about what he did at all. But if you go back and you, you watch that first restart when he knew his engine was toasted, he was all the way up against the wall coming to the restart, completely out of the way. And then on that last restart, he had moseyed his way on down the track, and he was right in the line of cars. That's the only thing that looks a little bit weird about the whole thing. I think he done it on purpose, and it's okay. It, to me, it's okay that he done it on purpose because I would have done the same thing. A lot of the other drivers would have done the same thing. But I think what looks worse for Harvick and why some people are maybe bashing him more than you would think that they should is because on the first restart, he stayed way out of the way, and on the second restart, he was right in the middle of it. That's the difference. Sure. And, and uh, I mean, they're, they're, they have a point to that for, for that very reason. I mean, he, even if you look at the end car, he's in the second restart, he's looking up and he, he saw Trevor Bain coming to the right side and he's like, well, let's see what we can do here. But now imagine I mean, that. Imagine I mean, that. that the earth shaker himself causes the last race. Well, <laughs> see, that, the thing is with that, if it was anybody but Trevor Bain, uh, you know, I'd be like, well, Okay, that guy, that that guy, he gets hit at all. He even has air on his ass end. He's he's spinning around. Even, I mean, even they're coming up to speed at Talladega, and even I know Harvick had his tailpipe was broke apparently or something like that. But I digress. Anyway, I mean, it, it's not like he was going like I don't know, maybe a hundred miles an hour at that point, and probably not even that. And he he gets the air you know, the air off of his back end and he's spinning around. So it wouldn't have taken, took much anyway. He he never, he didn't hit him, but he took the air off of him. And I don't know, but the bottom line is he, he, he would have done it. Most people in his position, they would have done the same damn thing. They would have stayed out there. Did only he knows if he wrecked Trevor Bain on purpose. Only he does. So, yeah, that, and uh, this is a, maybe a topic for a different show, but it just made me think I used to uh, pretty much hold steadfast to the remark that Derek Cope is the worst driver in the history of NASCAR to win a Daytona 500. I'm beginning to change my opinion on that. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw that in person. Gosh, maybe I should jump, find the highest point again. Oh, let's let's not go back there right now. So, oh my God, the, I I know. Yes, if we would have done this show yesterday, I don't know if. Oh, no, I would have would've... been way vitriolic, way more than I am now. I'm still basically beside myself from what happened, but at this point, I am uh, relegated to knowing the fact that NASCAR, if they can screw it up, they will, and I. It's going to be really hard for me to watch the rest of the races. I told you yesterday I was done. Now, then I remembered that the next race is Martinsville, and I'm like, well, that has a chance to be the best race of the chase. So I probably will stick around and watch Martinsville, but I I may be done after that. (laughs) But um, before we go off, I would also like to say that during the race, I was at least uh, mildly entertained at Matt Kenseth and his disdain of Joey Logano that's carrying over from last week is Logano 
jumps around him on a green flag pit stop, gets right in front of him, brake checks him, and then Kenseth almost wrecked him coming into the pits. And uh, he would have deserved it if he would have. But he comes back out on the track, and his in-car spotter, they play it actually on TV, his audio, and he basically said after the race he's going to bust Joey Logano's ass and uh, tell him to hide behind his daddy, which was the best part of the whole race. So, who knows? <laughs> right about that, actually. Uh, it, it was a be- it was, um, I love, it, it takes a lot to get, get under uh, Kenza's skin. Except, except, I guess Jeff Gordon tried to punch him with uh, his helmet on. Remember that in Bristol that one year. But anyway, uh, Kenseth, I mean, I he he he's he's tired of that asshole. He's a little asshole, that, and it's a damn truth. He hides hides behind his rich ass daddy. That you know, I mean, even I don't know. There's been several times when he's getting gotten on on track incidents like Tony Stewart that one year and he Tony Stewart wanted to bust his ass too and he hid behind his crew members and his dad. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we'll always remember Legato for. Uh, hiding behind that. Yeah. yeah, screw screw him. Do you know what? I, I've never really cared all that much for Matt Kenseth, but with his personal determination to rid the world of the Penske drivers the past two that's years. Cool. He's becoming one of my he's becoming one of my sleeper favorites. <laughs> <laughs> after he tried to kill Keselowski after Texas last year, and now his uh, crusade against Logano, if he keeps Logano from winning the points championship, I will be a Matt Kenseth. Fa- I will be in Matt Kenseth's front pocket. That's for sure. One, th- one thing that happened that- about this weekend, because I'm a Harvick fan, that I'm worried about is that pilled up son of a bitch Hamlin taking out Harvick next four weeks. Well, the thing about this is once they start taking each other out now, they don't really want to. They've got some, both of them have something to lose. The one thing about Matt Kenseth at this point, he's been knocked out of the chase. I would think that he's going to be squarely implanted in Logano's hind end somewhere along the lines at Martinsville if he gets the chance. And he will get his comeuppance for uh, not being in the chase for the championship. I only hope. Yeah. Yeah. Or he takes out. Yeah, I agree. All right. So this was a no-holds-barred chicken pit. Andy, would you like to leave us with any final thoughts on this whole damn debacle? I Here's what I hope. I hope that Logano makes it to the last round and then Kansas just punts him into the wall pulls a days of thunder wait in the pit stall for him to come around and just wipes him plumb out, gets out the car, looks at Brian France, flips him the bird, stuns freaking Mike Helton. Uh, I, I would have a spontaneous orgasm, the likes of which they have not seen since the Roman empire. Oh, that's an interesting thought. And, uh, Justin, what, um, I, I don't want to know what's going to promote you to a spontaneous orgasm, but please fill me in on, uh, your final thoughts tonight. Um, I just looked at my, uh, final four and three are still left. And you were so, completely out of it when we picked. Them. Yeah, exactly. That, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I had, I had Edward, Harvick, Johnson, Logano. Maybe there's, I should have. I, I think I had Kenseth winning the title, and I was the most sober person in the room. 
I know I wasn't. I couldn't even. I don't remember predictions. What do you speak of? That's called the lost episode of a chicken pit that maybe one day we'll, we'll eventually in a blooper episode, see the, see a time, see the, uh, see the lot of day. (laughs) All right. So this has been a chicken pit. No holds barred for the keyboard warrior, Justin Angel and the hot pocket, Andy Waddell. I'm Ricky Wittenberg saying good night, everybody. Fuck the 88. (laughs) Ha <laughs>